Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. The final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim LaCoe. Jazz winning overtime 132 to 129. Let's get right downstairs to Will Hardy and his postgame presser. On the stretch by a lot of people uh, to close the fourth quarter and overtime. Um, you know, that's. I feel like the end of the game is, again, representative of our team. It's not one guy making every play. Uh, it's a variety of guys making a variety of different plays from making the right read, making big shots, um, Walker's offensive rebound put back in overtime to push the lead back to four. I thought it was a huge play off the Kelly miss. Um, a great team win, and uh, looking forward to going on the road. What went into that decision to keep um, Kessler on the on the floor for fourth quarter overtime? He hasn't closed many games yet. Yeah, I thought he uh, in the first half he was a little bit on his heels. Um, in the second half, I thought that his physicality was much better, and I thought that his you know secondary length coming over to challenge Zion at the rim was very helpful for us. Um, he was he was in like the flow of the game, if that makes sense. Like he he. He kind of helped us change our defense a little bit by challenging at the rim. Um, obviously, the guys on the ball did a much better job of not getting beat uh, with Zion's first step. But, you know, I felt like he was doing a good job on that end. And then on the offensive end, you know, he continues to learn how to help us, um, whether he's screening or spacing. Obviously, getting a couple lobs, cutting on the baseline. Uh, those are big plays for us as well as, you know, getting on the glass. So, um, you know, it was a night where I just felt like the matchup suited Walker. And, um I thought he did great, you know, making a big free throw there in overtime as well. It's uh, for his first close game that he's, you know, been closing. Um, yeah, I think he did a great job. Have you guys been so resilient this, this season? And this is another example of that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's – that's our guys. That's who they are. Um, they have a big chip on their shoulder. And at the same time, they, they really lean on each other. Um, they're doing it as a group. Um, it's not – as if they look to one person to lead us, um, you know, one person to save us. They all 
just rally around each other and um, you know bring their little piece to the game every night. Um, you know, I think there were pockets of the game where Bees made some big shots and Nikhil made some big plays. Uh, Rudy Gay's defense on Zion for brief periods of time was good tonight. Um, everybody stepped up and participated, and that's been our mantra all year: is that nobody has to do any more than, than they need to. Uh, we don't need anybody to save us. We just need everybody to do their job and uh, participate with the group. Um, and I thought tonight was just really representative of that. You guys, you anticipated that they were going to be more physical, to come out more aggressive. What other sort of adjustments did you have to make compared to Tuesday night? Yeah, I mean, that was uh, obviously the biggest thing. I felt like Zion was really testing our health defense. Um, he was really making it a point that if you are going to come help, you better come help because he was splitting us and going kind of through the shoulder of his primary defender. Uh, he wasn't very hesitant at all attacking. Um, and I think that their team did a good job with their spacing. He showed a willingness on three or four plays where we did have early shift of just getting off it and they knocked shots down. Um, and that, that's a credit to their team. Um, we talked all yesterday and this morning about we know that's a really good team. We know they're well coached. We know they have a lot of pride and, and they're playing really good basketball. So um, we did not expect in any way to lead tonight's game wire to wire. We knew it was going to be a long 48 minutes, which turned into 53 minutes of fun. But, um, you know, our guys just stuck with it. And I think you guys have seen that all year from this group. It doesn't matter what happens in the game. They don't quit. They don't stop. They just keep pushing. And um, just happy for him. Clarkson had the 39 points tonight. And was that just a good Clarkson night in terms of him making shots he usually does, or is there something else that you liked about this performance? Uh, I thought he picked his spots well. You know, early in the game he got going, um, getting fouled in the first three, getting the M1. Uh, you know, I think he had 17 in the first quarter. So he was in a good flow early in the game, which which always helps JC. And then I think. He and Mike really had a good understanding of, of when to involve JC in the action and when to use him as a spacer. And I think that's that's always the balance with guys like JC. You don't want to overdo it and put him in every single action. You know, it's similar to some things we've talked about with Lowry this year. It's not about making the game about JC, but really picking your spots when he is in a good flow and getting him some good matchups and a variety of actions. So, you know, I think... JC had it going, and I'm not the only person that recognized that. Our team recognized it, Mike recognized it, and they do a really good job of involving him. Um, you guys saw late in the game, Mike would get a switch with Zion, and he would call JC into the action as well. So, you know, that type of understanding of what's going on around you in a game is something we're continuing to, to work on as a team because we don't have an infinite number of timeouts to sit and have long discussions about what's happening. And so I thought tonight was a really good example of our players recognizing what was happening in the game, who had it going, and involving them appropriately. What was your perspective on the goaltending call at the end of regulation? I'm very biased, so <laughs> I may not be the person to ask. It looked very, 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 very close. I was told by the officials that the call was not made by them. It's made by the replay center in New York. So obviously they saw something that was worthy of overturning it. It looked very, very close to me. Uh, I wish I could say that I was looking at it unemotionally or unbiased, but 
I think this is a moment where I have to recognize my own bias and probably not say anything. The last couple of minutes of the third quarter is when you guys kind of got back into things and cut that lead down. I think you actually took the lead there at the end of the third. What was the difference there? Our defense, first of all. We love to play with pace and space, and that's hard to do when you're taking the ball out of the net over and over again or when teams are shooting free throws. It takes us out of the rhythm of the game. So. I thought that group was able to get some stops and get themselves out in transition, which got our mojo back, so to speak. We just got back in the flow of the game by getting some stops. So I'm proud of that group because when they came in the game, it was sort of a dead moment. The gym was dead. We didn't have anything going. They had all the momentum. We were playing the game at their pace. They were being very uh, deliberate about how they were attacking us. They were doing a very good job. So. I thought getting those stops and getting us out in transition was huge for us. How important was Nikhil in those minutes? Nikhil was great. His on-ball defense has continued to be something that, that sparks him into the game. And then offensively, he continues to make good decisions. It's when to pass, when to shoot, what types of shots to shoot. He's learning and growing every single day. Um, you guys are getting to, to see the result of a lot of hard work that goes on behind the scenes. He's incredibly dedicated, works on his body, works on his game, watches film. He's very uh, deliberate with his process every single day. He's not just coming to the gym and winging it. So I'm just happy for him because the beginning of the season didn't necessarily go his way. And he never complained, just stuck to his process, trusted the coaches that are working with him, um, trusted our strength and conditioning staff to help keep his body ready. And, you know, he's playing really good basketball. But his ability to guard the ball, I thought he had some great possessions on CJ, who was unequivocally killing us there for a little bit, just kind of getting where he wanted to go and coming off ball screens and having a lot of freedom. So uh, happy for Nikhil. You know, we, we need everybody on our team to stay engaged because on any given night, anybody could be called upon. Thank Thanks, you. guys. Thanks, Coach. There you go, Jazz head coach Will Hardy at your post-game show. Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe. The Jazz win in overtime 132-129, to sweeping the season series with the New Orleans Pelicans 3-0. And you can tell Coach Hardy thinks this one is a good win. No, there's no question. You know, it's a great basketball team that was – uh, had won seven in a row, came in here and really got slowed down. The Jazz made so many big steps, and we'll get to those uh, as we get through the show. But, yeah, he's, he sounded really pleased. Jordan Clarkson had 39 on 15 of 26 shooting. Lowry Markinen had 31 tonight. Uh, Malik Beasley was 17 coming in off the bench. Uh, Olenek had 14 and seven rebounds, three assists. And Walker Kessler uh, had a tremendous second half, closed the game, 11 points. Eight rebounds and three block shots for the Pelicans. They got uh, 31 from Zion Williamson on 12 of 24 shooting, 28 from C.J. McCollum as those two uh, brought their A game tonight, and the Jazz were still able to get a victory. Yeah, absolutely. It was a a hard-fought game, and we knew that would be the case. The Jazz got down there a couple of different times by double figures, uh, but made that great push, and it was quick. You know, they, They were able to do it really quickly because they used defense to feed their offense, um, got some really good sets, kind of play called. One particular play where they ran just a pin down for uh, for Lowry, and he could curl it or pop it. He curled it, and it led right to a dunk, beautiful dunk. Um, but great teamwork. And again, I don't want to overplay it, but Conley being out there, you know, had six assists, just two turnovers. 
the Jazz had a real purpose, you know, down the stretch and in overtime. And uh, it's awesome to see again. We said this a lot this year. Hasn't shot the ball well, but certainly he's, the team's better when he's out there. So much better when he's out there. I mean, noticeable. I know I'm the the lay person of the uh, of the broadcast, but man, you can just tell a stark difference. That pass he had to Lowry Markinen, who was cutting to the basket in the fourth quarter, was something. Just threaded the needle. Timing was perfect and. There just aren't that many players on the planet that can make plays like that. Yeah, he just has seen every single look. He's been in nearly every situation, and nothing's going to f- uh, fluster him. I loved, actually, how Kessler said, you want me to give you the political answer? Do you want me to tell you how yeah. I was really feeling out there? Um, he's got to be the surprise, um, certainly, uh, in, a, in a year of surprises here in the franchise. Kessler's probably the biggest. I, I think for what everybody expected and what he is, it, it, there's a huge jump and then the guy too, Jordan Clarkson I, I can't say enough um, at, at how he's grown since he got here it was 15 for 26 he took great shots uh, made big shots but eight rebounds Jake eight rebounds for for Jordan um, you know we're gonna have to make a decision here with master of the glass but uh, I, I'm kind of leaning toward with 39 points I think that should take the sweep all right, all right. I'll uh, we'll we'll put it to a vote amongst the three of us all in right. the break, and we'll get to the master Sounds of the good. glass coming up next. Uh, well, with that, we will say good night to our network stations. Our next broadcast is coming your way on Saturday night. The the uh, Jazz are taking on uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, and that game will tip off at six o'clock. We also want to uh, mention uh, tonight's uh, post game walk off interview brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service sales and selection. LHMauto.com, driven by you. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have some player sound for you. We'll continue to get Coach Lacombe's on, uh, thoughts on this one as the Jazz beat the Pelicans 132 to 129. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Final horn has sounded. That'll do it. And it's time for the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Post Game Show with your hosts, Jake Scott and the coach, Tim Lacombe. Jazz Post Game, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Post Game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Wiz campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz win in overtime over the Pelicans. 132 to 129. The Jazz now 3 and 0, a season sweep against the Pelicans this year. Two of those games going to overtime. Uh this was the first game the Pelicans have lost all season when winning go uh when leading, excuse me, going into the fourth quarter. All in all coach, I I certainly would not have uh, predicted the Jazz go 2 and 0 in this stretch against the Pelicans, let alone 3 and 0 on the season. That's uh man, they just keep beating good teams. We sat around before the these games this week and kind of said what we thought each would happen and uh, none of us picked the Jazz would win two. I'll promise you that. And uh, so it's it's awesome. It's great. And the way they did it, they, they kind of, uh, you know, they were able to really kind of put the heat on defensively first go around. Uh, tonight, both teams offensively played pretty good and played to their strengths, no doubt. Um, but the Jazz, that burst they had there to come back and tie the game, get that thing tied, and then their overtime execution the way they competed, uh, that stuff, it's, it's special. You know, this team's, this team's got something. And uh, we've seen so many cool opportunities that they've fought and shown their fight. A great win tonight against an awesome team, I think. Uh, I think so, too. And I, you and I both think uh, very highly of the Pelicans. They were your sleeper team going into the season. I still think they have a ton of potential. I don't know if they're the best team in the West. I would likely say that they're not, but uh, they're very talented. They're big. They're long. They're built really well. They're coached really well. Really like their coach Willie Green. Uh, these are not. Uh, 
I mean, we dabbled with the idea that the last game on Tuesday was the Jazz' biggest win of the year or best win of the year. Most complete, I think, was the word we were using. I don't know if I would put this particular game into that category, but to go 2-0 over this stretch, over this team, I think is is certainly worth remarking over. Yeah, the last game we spent a lot of time just talking about how physical and tough and how good the defense was for the Jazz. They dominated the glass. And tonight, you know, much like a season, it didn't go the exact same way. And New Orleans had a little bit more fight to them. But I, I look through numbers. I mean, the Jazz did a nice job at keeping pace because the Pelicans did have a good offensive night. Both teams, uh, the Jazz ended up with a 124 offensive rating, New Orleans a 122. Um, both teams shot the ball exceptionally, exceptionally well. But again, the Jazz, their, their three-point shots really 18 for 46 where the Pelicans were uh, only got 29 of those shots off and, and got 12. So good job by the Jazz. The Jazz actually scored more points, at the, uh, more baskets at the rim tonight than New Orleans, too. We teased it. Let's get to it. It's time for the Master of the Glass presented by Safe Flight Auto Glass. Proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Flight will donate $5 to a charitable organization for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound Leader tonight's master of the glass coach. So we have a a tie. We have Jordan Clarkson's eight rebounds, Walker Kessler's eight rebounds. I'm with you. That's a no brainer. Give it to Jordan. That might be his first ever master of the glass award for Jordan Clarkson in the years that he's been here to go along with 39 points. Man, he had a game. I'm glad you agreed. I felt that was the right thing to do. Hey, anytime I give the 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 uh, good vibe tribe. The master of the glass, I'm going to go ahead and do it. He was awesome, wasn't he? He was. He was great off the bounce. He was under control. He had, you know, he had four turnovers, but he handled the ball a lot tonight. And, um, yeah, just eight rebounds and three of those offensive. I love when Jordan just flies around like he did tonight. Listen, broken record right here, but I love how Jordan has expanded his role on this team. He played 39 minutes tonight. Last year in the... A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This sounds weird, but you couldn't have played him 39 minutes because all he'd do is get in there and take 45 shots. Oh, yeah. In 39 minutes. He, I mean, he's just changed his game to fill exactly what the team needs, and I think that I think that's a sign of a great player. I really do. And it just still brings that spark and energy. It's different. You know, it's kind of different in there when he hits a three. Uh, I'd say that his threes, you know, the, the fans love Jordan Clarkson and what he means. He's really kind of attached himself to this place, too. He's, he's a guy who's come here for, and not been here before, but been like, I really like it here. I want to be here, and this is a great place. So, I love to see his success. He's been, um, you know, he's he's been asked to do a lot of different things since coming to Utah, but I think he's really made a huge move this year, showing great leadership as well. All right, let's uh, get some player sound back down. We go and let's hear from Larry Markinen. Probably the highest point of the shot. And so, sucks for us. We had to play another five minutes, but. <laughs> Regrouping after, like, oh, you think you won the game, but then you have to go play again. 
and then we started making a comeback and got it tied up and got the lead. And so we didn't really think too much of it. We just had the next possession and went out and played as hard as we could in the overtime. You guys have had a few previous trips to the free throw line to maybe put the game away. What's going through your mind as you're fine, as you're stepping up there at the end? Just like it's another free throw, just make it. Uh, I think we got great shooters on the team. I think everybody's confident stepping on my making them. So that's the mindset we have going in, and sometimes it goes and sometimes it doesn't. But uh, we work on it a lot, and we, sh- we should be confident going in to the line in that situation. So. What impressed you most defensively in the last couple minutes of the fourth quarter and, and the overtime? Yeah, we got the stops that we needed. Uh, we had problems rebounding early on, but I think we did get a couple of big ones down the stretch, and basically uh, they got the biggest one to tie it up in the regulation. But overall, I think we did a better job just getting physical with them on, the, on that end of the floor and just we forced some turnovers and finished possession with rebounds. And so. We can still do a lot better job. I think they got to free throw line too many times. And so we'll look at it, but I think we did a good job at the end of the game. Take us through what you saw from Walker down the stretch. It's not often he gets to close out games. It seemed like he kind of had an impact defensively. Yeah, I think he's ready for that situation. <clears throat> he's ready for that situation and just the presence underneath the rim. He's If he's not blocking shots, he's contesting them and they're getting, getting his rebounds. and. He's doing that on the offensive end, too. I think he had great effort and got a couple. I think, I'm not sure if it was overtime and regular. Just got over offensive rebound and laid it in. And that was a huge play for him. So <clears throat> he's very mature and ready to go in that kind of situation, even though he hasn't, in the NBA, maybe he hasn't done it so many times. But he was ready to go, and uh, so I'm proud of him. Take us through kind of that third quarter stretch where it's Will was saying that the gym was dead, you guys didn't have any momentum, and then all of a sudden the defense picks up a little bit, and, and next thing you know, it's a different game. What, what, I guess, did you guys change specifically during that stretch? Yeah, I think we came out a little flat. Uh, they made that run, and I don't know what the lead got in the third, but it was just difficult. We didn't get any stops. They started the half with like three straight and ones, and so <clears throat> I think we made some adjustments that we picked up the physicality in the defensive end and we got out in transition, got some easy ones and got the crowd going and got the energy up. And, but it started on the defensive end, so I give a lot of credit to our, not, I can't remember who was on it, but I remember watching on the bench too, that just when we started the run, and it was easy to jump back on it after they gave us that energy boost, so everybody did their part tonight. And, uh, Team effort to this one. Mike Conley comes in at the three-minute mark uh, and immediately assists you for a dunk, then assists Jordan for the three, then assists you for the three. Then you know, like, how much of a difference does he make in close games at the end of regulation? You know, just in general, setting you guys up. Yeah, I mean, in general, he's doing a great job setting us up, and we're getting great looks, and he's still start by himself, just make those pull-up jumpers and floaters coming out of the lane. So. Defense has to make the decision just to pick him up, or then we've got shooters around him. And I think most of the time, Mike is making the right play, and not just the right play, but he delivers the ball on the target, and that's easy to shoot. So 
credit to him for sure. He did a great job. Thank you. Thanks, Larry. All right, there is Lowry Markin, and Lowry uh, was great tonight. Uh, he had 31 points, five rebounds, three assists. We'll get Coach Lacombe's thoughts on what we just heard from him coming up right around the corner. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Jazz win in overtime tonight over the Pelicans, 132-129. to 129. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Final box score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Jazz postgame, Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. Jazz went tonight in overtime over the Pelicans, 132-129. to We just heard coach from Lowry Markinen. Big game from him, 31 points, 8 of 15 shooting, 5 of 9 from 3, 10 of 10. At the line, and uh, you look at uh, Jordan Clarkson, who had 39 points tonight. There were your two-star performances, Coach Lacombe. Yeah, and we talked about Conley, how great things are when he's out on the floor. I would say the same for Markkinen. Um, You know, again, he's just so efficient. You look at his shooting, he's 8 for 15, uh, gets all these things in the flow of the offense from time to time like that out of timeout. We discussed when he came off a curl and dunked it. Um, and he's He's... He's so good because he just scores within the context of everything. 10 for 10 from the line, as you said, and 31 points. Just uh, The kid just keeps getting better. Um, I'm thinking, looking at everything, uh, he'll be wearing a West Coast. He should be wearing a West All-Star uniform, you know, or, or a uniform nonetheless in the All-Star game. I think this guy's having that type of year. Well, if the Jazz keep winning, then that certainly will help his chances. I mean, we saw Gordon Hayward make the all-star team with similar numbers after the Jazz really started building back into kind of a Western Conference contender. He missed, or he made it his last year with the Jazz. If you remember his second to last year with the Jazz, he had similar numbers, but the team wasn't quite as good, and uh, he didn't get the all-star berth. So if the Jazz are still firmly in the playoff picture, I don't know how you wouldn't go with a guy who's basically 20-10 and 10. Uh, hosting the game, hosting the game. Yeah, I, I, I think he's got a great shot at it. And and the great piece too. Like I don't wish this on anybody, but a lot of injuries. Like you know, Ingram, we talk about Ingram replacement not being, players. Uh, yeah, you know Kawhi. So be cool if he could get in that game. Uh, yes, it would be cool if he could get in that game. That uh, the and and you know what? I think he'll have the stats to do it. I really do. Uh, so we'll we'll see. But he played great tonight. The Jazz are definitely a different team when he's able to play. You know, that illness stretch was tough because he really is he really is this team's best player. Is that really a controversial opinion? I don't I don't know if many folks would disagree. And that's no slight against uh, some of the other players who are having a terrific year. I mean, here we are talking about Jordan Clarkson having 39 points. But Markinen, I think, has really established himself as, you know, the go to dude on this team. Well, he's constantly playing in a mismatch, right? He's he's got a smaller guy on him that. um you can shoot over. He, the Jazz put him out there at the three, and everybody has to deal with it. And I love his approach to the game. He never really forces anything. Um, hardly ever heat checks, even when he's going good. And shoots a great percentage. He's a he's a two way guy. Does a good job at the rim. Um, you know, protecting things. And yeah, he's having a he's having a great year. I thought his uh, his comments tonight were interesting too. Uh, it's got to be you know it's got to be a little bit surreal. 
to be uh, 31 games in and you're in Utah and, um, you know, for, in some ways Utah's kind of the talk of the league. You know, I don't think anybody expected what, they're, what they've done. No, I don't. I I totally agree with you, Coach. I don't think uh, anybody expected this at all, and there have been a few surprises this year in the NBA, and and maybe you could argue that some are bigger than than the Jazz, but uh, surprises that is. But I would not, given where the predictions were about the you know tank note and all that sort of thing. That is certainly not the case, and we even hear the Jazz possibly active. Uh, in adding guys via trades as opposed to subtracting. So, you know, maybe this the, where this team is at is a little bit different than we might have thought, but they play tough, they play hard, and they beat a ton of good teams. This is their 11th uh, playoff team that they've beat this year, I believe. We talked to Mike a little bit about that in the pregame, uh, which leads the NBA. So, not bad. No, that's, that's a, something you look at, the strength of schedule. I know that's something that... Um, you know, Mike has referred to a couple of times, but in terms of strength of schedule, I mean, the Jazz firmly in the, in the top ten for sure. They kind of fluctuate night and night, night in and night out. But it, we've talked a ton about how hard this early season's been. But uh, they found a way not only to be competitive, but go out and beat a lot of really good teams. And hopefully, they can continue that. Uh, if they continue to play team basketball, if they continue to move it. There's an excitement in that team to win, and it's different guys every night. That's one piece that's uh, that's also really – it really lends itself to some consistency. I mean, if we remember back to the first time these two teams played uh, in overtime, it was uh, Kelly Olenek who had the final play that, that won the game. I mean, we can think about, you know, big shots and big moments, and it's, you know, half the team really that's come up and, and won games. You know, we remember the game Colin Sexton won going right to the basket. I mean, you think of uh, tonight, uh, Lowry Markinen was the one who hit the big three, and I realized that uh, New Orleans hit a three as well and sent it to overtime, but the, the chaos play, I mean, there's just – there's a lot of players on this team that are, are capable of doing it. And doing it in different ways. You know, it was Vanderbilt had this huge game the other night on the boards. Um, and tonight, you know, he does other things to help the team. But the Jazz don't, if he doesn't get a, have a huge night on the boards, other guys can help, you know, and pick, pick it up. So, um, heck, even Doak got in there and, and went two for two tonight. Uh, played three minutes, you know, early on yeah. when Walker got those fouls. and. Even he got into the act, so that was it was good to see a bunch of guys get out there and experience a win tonight. Absolutely, and uh, get the win in overtime over a team that had not lost a game this year uh, when they went into the fourth quarter with the lead. So a uh, very good win for the Utah Jazz tonight in overtime, as we mentioned, 132 to 129. Uh, let's get a look at, uh, let's see here, the Chick-fil-A foul shot review of the game. Download a whole new way to Chick-fil-A, earn rewards with the Chick-fil-A one app. Tonight the Jazz were 30 of 37 from the line, 81%. Uh, the Pelicans were 23 of 28, 82%. Larry Markinen was 10 of 10 from the line tonight. Uh, Mike Conley just 2 of 6 from the line tonight, Coach, and missed two uh, free throws down the stretch. Very uncharacteristic from him as well as he played. Those two really could have cost him. You don't expect that from the horse champ. You know, I mean, the free throws no. are a staple of horse. Uh, but, hey, it happens. And even good shooters miss. Um, he made more than made up for those missed free throws with a bunch of plays. Um, I'm telling you, go back if you can, and you got the DVR at home. Watch his defense on McCollum in that last you know, overtime possession where they're up three. His defense and then Clarkson, the switch, all that. 
It was great, and it was it was veteran stuff. And he knew the moment, and he did a great job of making things as hard as possible for CJ. Veteran stuff. Veteran uh, stuff. Veteran stuff. I I like that. All right. Uh, Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru owners are diverse, and each has a unique story to share. Read some and share your own at mysubaruis.com. We're hoping for more player sound coming up next. Stay tuned. It's your post game show. You're listening to Utah Jazz basketball. Is in the books. Now, let's get to the reaction. Hear from the coaches, the players, as well as the coach, Tim Lacombe. It's the Mark Miller Utah Jazz Postgame Show. Here's Jake Scott. Jazz post game, Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz win tonight in overtime, 132 to 129. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. We'll get you more player sound coming up here momentarily. Coach, we haven't talked a ton tonight about the Pelicans. Zion had 31 on 12 to 24, shooting eight assists and eight rebounds. CJ McCollum played better tonight, certainly, than he did Tuesday 28 points, six rebounds, four assists. He was 11 to 25 shooting three of eight from three. Uh, and, you know, this team certainly needs Brandon Ingram, but the Jazz beat a team that had their two top players playing uh, really well tonight. Yeah, absolutely did. Um, did a good job, too, of competing against it. And that team's been phenomenal. So uh, a great job by everybody involved tonight. That was, that was a win that none of us really expected, uh, a sweep. A sweep. Complete clean sweep this year of the Pelicans. And the Pelicans are good. Uh, we talked about this. They have uh, they have 10 losses on the season, three of those losses coming to the Utah Jazz. So that is uh, that is really something. And uh, at least coming into this week, they were the, had the top record in the Western Conference. So uh, great win for the Jazz tonight. Did it in overtime. Did it. Fought hard. Uh, made the plays that they needed to do and got a big game from Jordan Clarkson. In fact, let's go back down to the media room. And hear from the. Uh, actually, we'll put a hold on that for uh, for a second. We'll hear from Jordan Clarkson in uh, just a moment. Okay, we're having uh, we're going to get that lined up. We're having the technical difficulties. Wouldn't you know it? Uh, it happens. It's fine. Overtime technical. Difficulties. Hey, we'll take we'll take take it with a win. You know, it's easier on a win to to stomach. But thirty nine tonight from Jordan Clarkson. Fifteen of twenty six. Eight boards. He was tonight's master of the glasses. We got to earlier. Two assists. Two steals. Did have the four turnovers, but you know he's the guy who can uh, go out and get you a bucket when you need it. Yeah, he's proven that, and he he instantly the the minute he got to Utah, he changed he changed kind of the look of that Jazz bench. Um, now coming in there as a starter and asked to you know carry a big load, particularly the last little while when we you know Jazz were missing Conley and Markin uh, for a good period of time, but he's been a He's, he's been a constant source of good vibes. A lot of threes. Um, dude always plays on attack, but he's gone to another level this year. There's no question about that. And I, I do, and I've always thought this, great locker room guy. Great guy. Uh, certainly the type of, of player that you'd want around a young team. And uh, you, you hope some of his good vibes wear off on everybody else. But I don't know if I've seen a more popular player or at least, you know, I'm certainly not in the locker room on a daily basis, but it seems like everybody across the board loves Jordan Clarkson. He was doing the uh, post-game interview for TV tonight on AT&T Sportsnet, and Malik Beasley gave him the 
water bottle treatment, which I I don't know, maybe I I might have missed one as we do uh, we don't concentrate on the TV no, post game all the time, though. but I have many. not seen getting the water bottle treatment uh, on a Jazz post game interview yet this year. No, it's it's fun, and, and those you know th- those are the times uh, as a a competitor, just where you grind out a win like that. It was not looking good. The Jazz had to go on a big run. Um, but they did it. They did it solid. They did it with their defense. Um, you know, they forced tough shots without fouling. Uh, how many times there at the end, uh, Zion kind of got where he wanted to get, but good contests on shots um, and then cleaning up boards and turning that then into offense. That's that's the chaos that Coach, uh, that Coach Hardy loves. And then the chaos play where the ball gets tipped away from Jordan. Um, they get it back in three ball. So uh, I'm sure we might hear that later. We'll see. We have a request. I don't know. I'm just seeing what I'm game, trying to read Jamil's mind through the glass. Which is difficult always. He's a he's a cards close to the vest guy. I was gonna say that he's a riddle wrapped in an enigma that Jamil. You I never just know. Sit, I just sit down and tell you my whole hey, here's my hand, my whole life story. Um and Jamil's back there. He's, he's guarded. A he's bit. back there playing it close. That's all right. That's all right. We like that about him actually. Uh wanna remind you about the Utah Jazz Most Valuable Educators program presented by Instructure, the makers of Canvas throughout the season. The Utah Jazz and Instructure will recognize fourteen MVEs. Each one will receive a visit from a Jazz Bear, a thousand dollar grant, a personalized jersey, and tickets to see a jazz game in a suite. Go to Utahjazz.com slash M V E to nominate your favorite educator now. Uh, Walker Kessler finished the game tonight, Coach, and, and he had a great game. We've talked about him. 11 points, 8 boards, 3 blocks, most of that damage done in the second half. Almost fouled out in overtime. I say almost because they reviewed a call and it was overturned. But uh, what can we read into Walker Kessler getting a little opportunity to play in the clutch minutes and, and playing overtime? Well, we've seen him handle every assignment he's been given. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of intrigue because of the minutes he's playing really really productive and um which would mean do we if we give him a few more we have him in different spots um he can help us and so i think it's i think it's a growing confidence in him um personally and i think it's a growing confidence from the organization that that's a guy they want on the floor more than he's probably been on it and um he's passing a lot of tests right now i would believe i would say uh, he's passing a lot of tests. I still can't believe he's a rookie. You know, the, the coach, all the, the young bigs, and I've talked about this before I know on the show that I've, I've followed both with the Jazz and, and uh, of course, on other franchises. Uh, rookie bigs just don't make an impact. They, they don't. They just don't. I mean, it takes time to to adjust to the NBA game, to to develop the skill that you need to succeed. I mean, even, you know, you think a shot blocker coming in from college, you know, most shot blockers that we see come to the, the pros are just foul machines and are susceptible to the every pump fake thrown out on the floor, and they have to figure out. We saw this with Rudy, how to work on his timing and to be disciplined and stay down and do all these things that it takes time and experience to learn. And not that Kessler isn't learning some of those lessons, of course, but, man, he just seems so far ahead that for a, a mid-first-round pick, a big nonetheless to come in and make this kind of impact in his rookie season is – is so impressive. Well, I would echo what you say, but I'd also add, I mean, he's 22. He's picked 22. You don't get a guy at 22 as a big, typically, that's going to come in and give you very much, like at all. You know, you may get guys on the front end, um, but it's a, you know, it's a, to get a guy that late, and then the way the Jazz got it, you know, through the trade for Gobert, who this guy plays a lot like, 
Um, so yeah, it's just a it's a phenomenal story. He he, I said this in the pregame, but I want to repeat it because I think it's cool. Um, Kessler signed with Adidas today. He was uh, one of twelve rookies that was that were signed, and I think they made a good move because his, um, you know, going into tonight's last six games, ten points, ten rebounds, three two point seven blocks while shooting seventy five percent from the field. There's a there's a place on the court for a guy like that. Absolutely, there's a place for a on long the court. time too. Yep. I you know when I saw that story, I was kind of curious. I looked up and uh, uh, Auburn is an Under Armour school because a lot of times you see these players follow their their companies into the pros. And I have a feeling Under Armour may have missed a boat on this one. This might have been uh, a good get for the folks at Adidas. I think Three Stripes got a good client right there. Uh, and I, dang it, man, I'm hate to admit it, but I think Mike Smith's right. Oh, they're they're off they're off the air. We don't driving. Yeah, we don't compliment Mike uh, when we know he's off the air and maybe on his way home. We just don't. When he's in the car, we like to rip him. All right, then we compliment him behind his back. (laughs) We do have uh, we do have a couple minutes from Jordan Clarkson, so let's go ahead and uh, give that a listen, Jamil. Take us through the hot start. You had 17 first quarter points. Seemed like everything was going in for you. Um, just being aggressive. Um, I know those guys were, you know, long. Uh, Herbert Jones, Murphy, and those guys. I mean, it would be situations where you know, we catch and shoot shots, and uh, you know, I took them, made them early, and uh, kind of got in the rhythm. You know, Mike was uh, feeding me, you know, just getting uh, open shots off that. So, uh, just on the floor of the offense, it was a. Uh, Definitely felt good to see the ball go in. So, uh, yeah. What happens later in the game when they know you're hot? Your team knows you're hot, and it looked like you were just more of a spacer or a decoy. Was that part of the plan at that point? Um, yeah, I don't know if it's like more of a uh, like decoy kind of situation, but um, you know, it's tough going at like a guy like Herbert Jones all game. You know, you kind of want to keep him out of there keep him out of the situation where he's on the ball and uh, different things like that. So, um, you know, just spacing, doing what's, what we needed to win the game. Uh, you know, Larry made big shots at the end. Uh, Mike made big plays. Just down the line, everybody played well. What did, what's your, been your adjustment from being guarded by the third or fourth best defender on the team to being guarded by the first or second best perimeter defender every, every single night? <laughs> Uh, it is different. Um, it's kind of just got to lock in you know, in terms of the guys that are guarding me and you know take advantage um, points in the game or when uh, switches start happening. Um, I think Coach did a good job of uh, doing that. I think Mike manipulated a lot of that stuff on the court, uh, getting me in situations where you know, I had to advantage to get downhill. Or, all right, there you go. That is Jordan Clarkson, his postgame comments, and he was the star of the show tonight. Great game, 39 points, eight rebounds. Both of those tie 
a season high for Jordan. He was 15 of 26 shooting and 7-14 from three. Post game brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru and the My Subaru Is campaign. Subaru owners are diverse and each has a unique store to share. Read some and share your own. MySubaruIs.com. Coming up next, your play of the game, and we'll put a wrap on this one as well. You are listening to Utah Jazz Basketball. Score is printed. Jake Scott and the coach Tim Lacombe are breaking down how it all happened on the Mark Miller Utah Jazz postgame show. Oh my! Clark's an attacking Zion, dribbles off his foot, dives for the ball, hands to Conley, now it's chaos, flares it up to Markin, 4-3, yes! We love chaos! 121-118, Jazz by three, 24 seconds left. Timeout, Willie Green. We embrace chaos! A broken play turned into probably the biggest play of the night. Mike Conley with the dish out to Lowry Markkinen while the house around him was falling apart and burning down. And he calmly walked over, grabbed a grilled cheese sandwich out of the poster and said, we're cool. Here, Lowry, have a three. That is our guy, David Locke, and your play of the game. Brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection. LHMauto.com. Driven by you. The Jazz win in overtime. And, yes, that was a big shot coming out of chaos from Lowry Markinen. 132 to 129. Post game is brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, featuring the My Subaru Is campaign. Real stories from real Mark Miller Subaru customers. Subaru, uh, share your Subaru story for a chance to win prizes. Learn more and share at markmillersubaru.com. And that was a big one, Coach. And, yes, chaos. The Jazz have uh, have thrived in that type of situation uh, before, but it's certainly probably not good for the fans out there and their blood pressure as that ball was uh, looking loose there for a minute before Mike uh, scrambled it together and found Larry. Yes, and I – Revel in that call the second time around, particularly. It was, it was I awesome. enjoyed it the first I mean, time. I felt the walls coming down, and I saw with my own eyes Mike grab the grilled cheese. I did right out of the toaster, right out of the toaster. dish it on over there. To, <laughs> to, to, oh, dish it. I didn't even mean to do that. Hey, hey. <laughs> dish it on over to Lowry Market. Deliver the cheese. Uh, let me ask you this. Then uh, then uh, New Orleans came down the other way, had a little chaos of their own, and got a three from the corner. A lot of folks, uh, in, and we were discussing this up here in the studio as well, whether or not to, to try and foul on that play when you're up three in that situation. I don't think they could have fouled C.J. McCollum because he no. pretty much caught uh, the inbound and shot it right away. But so as fouling a three in that case. Yeah, right. And you certainly don't want to do that. But then the loose ball scramble and the rebound, uh, Zion was the one, I believe, that uh, that passed it over there into the corner for, uh, and now my mind's Murph. going to blank, Murphy. That's right, who who ended up hitting the three. Was there an opportunity to foul, you think, somewhere in there? Possible, but I also have been in those situations where you make it clear that you don't want to foul a shooter. And it. Like you said, it happened pretty quickly, so guys are a little bit reserved there. Um, you really have to practice that. That's something we worked on all the time at the end of, you know, we did special situations, but as as silly as it seems, fouling and fouling the right way, the right time, um, all that stuff is something you work on. Yeah. All right, the Jazz do win. 
And they went in overtime, 132 to 129. Great performances tonight from Jordan Clarkson, who had 39 points and eight rebounds. Lowry Markinen, 31 points, five rebounds, three assists for him. And, of course, we heard that big three in your play of the game. Uh, Malik Beasley kind of had a quiet 17, but a nice contribution from him, certainly coming in off the bench. Uh, Kelly Olenek had 14 tonight, seven boards, three assists. Walker Kessler off the bench, 11 points, eight boards, three block shots for him. Uh, the Jazz as a team shot 45.7% for the field. They were 18 of 47 from three. On the other side, the Pelicans, 47.5% from the field tonight. They were 12 of 30 from three, uh, which uh, for 40%, which obviously is a way better number than they had the other night uh, on Tuesday. But they were led by Zion Williamson, who had 31 points tonight. C.J. McCollum added uh, 28. Uh, Herb Jones had 12. We talked about Trey Murphy hitting that big three. He had 12. Larry Nance, 13 coming in off the bench. And Najee Marshall had 13 as well. By the way, Larry Nance uh, with that block shot. I know uh, Lock and Boone talked about that as it was reviewed at the end of regulation. What a block from him. Oof. That was not a goal 10. That no, was I didn't just think a it was either. big I, time play from him. I wanted it to be in the worst way for all sorts of different for reasons. For all of our six. Um, but I, you know, I, if anything, it looked like it was literally right on the edge of the apex. So I, I think the refs made a right call and good for them. I, I criticize officials a lot, but good for them to make the call on the floor so it could be reviewed. That was because, you know, we've seen some officials this year maybe wouldn't do that. What an athlete though. I mean, that was such an, he was so high up. I, I wonder if uh, the old man, old Larry Nance senior could have done that back in his day. Oh, guaranteed. I got to see him in person. That was a heck of a block. That dude was a player. All right, Jazz win, 132 to 129. Let's get some uh, final thoughts from you on this one, Coach Lacombe, uh, and then we'll put a bow on it. Jamil, are you having a good time? Are you enjoying your first season in Utah? All right. Well, I am too, and I know, Jake, you are too, because you smile a lot. Uh, I'm smiling now. I'm having telling a great you, time. I, I think the, the overwhelming thing to me is just how great this team is to watch. And it is fun. It is. It doesn't matter. I mean, DJ was up in the studio with us tonight, and he, I love when he's up here. Um, but the Jazz go down 10, and he's like, you know, I don't know. No, guess what? We've watched this enough. It's going to go and come down to a possession or two. Uh, tonight, the Jazz were on the right side of it, and a lot of that was because the guys were on the floor. Yep. Conley running the th- stuff, marking it, and then, of course, Kessler just being Kessler. So awesome win. Look forward to uh, a night off. All right, we want to say big thanks to everybody who had a role in the broadcast tonight. Of course, David Locke and Ron Boone calling all of the action. Thanks to our broadcast assistants that uh, helped, helped out find work from them. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.